everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJMike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. Mike, we are back in the new year. We had a little break for the holiday, and we are coming back to some good news. Adam Gase has been fired as the coach of the New York Jets. Mike, how are we feeling? You got to feel really good about it. The man came to New York and, you know, dismantled a lot of things that we had in place. You look at that famous picture when the Jets changed their uniform where it had Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams and Quincy Anunwa and <laughs> what, Le'Veon Bell, I don't think was in that picture, right? No, Herndon. Herndon. Everyone's gone. Everything is dead. Our franchise is in ruins, but we will arise again. And you put it to me, you were looking up you know, funny memes to, to look at, and you talked about it, and I need to bring it back up. We feel like a kid at the end of a movie where a ton of shit just happened, and you're in the back of the ambulance, and you're like, they can't hurt you anymore. Like, safe <laughs> now. like That's how we feel. That's how Sam Darnold feels being away from this man. He came here to do one job and that was to develop Sam Darnold. I don't like p- celebrating people getting fired. Rex Ryan, we were, we were like, it's probably time. We love Rex. You got to move on. He's a good dude. Good coach. Todd Bowles, we were happy he was fired, but we're not going to dance on his grave. We're not going to be like, oh, like, let's go. We were like, damn, that's pretty good for our team. He's a good dude. Hope he gets success elsewhere. Adam Gase took the most valuable asset in Jets history and burned him alive in front of us. What he did on the Jets was so <laughs> despicable. And yeah, you know what? He has enough money where I can say, I hope wherever he goes, he does a terrible job because he wasn't a good guy. And I think a huge problem with why some of the beat writers and you know Brian Cos, Connor Hughes, they might put out good work, but I think they liked Gase as a dude and they weren't as critical on him. And we've seen that a lot. He took no ownership. He took no accountability. Until it, they were 0-14, then he it, takes yeah, ownership. Yeah, it was never, it was always, you know, the players didn't execute for 14 games. And the Jets were in the bottom half of the league in turnovers this year. Right? How many times are we going to put it on the players didn't execute well? Maybe it's you, maybe it's the game plan. If it was just the players, you wouldn't have given up play calling after week eight or nine. So, like, I have a lot more to get into, but I want to, you know, when you found out the news, we knew it was coming. There might have been that like 1% chance where if they did win yesterday, the one three straight, Christopher Johnson loves Adam Gase. He brings him back. But what was your initial reaction when you saw that he was fired? My initial reaction was I'm very excited, but I'm, I'm sick to my stomach about what's going to happen in the future. All of Twitter knows I'm the biggest Sam guy. You know, I, I, I just think it makes football sense to bring mm-hmm. Sam back because I want to maximize – you know, people don't realize this is the second pick in the draft is so important. You get a cornerstone guy for your franchise for 10 to 15 years or you trade it back for a haul. So where I, you know, I understand this, Sam, you know, people are dissatisfied with him and he didn't have a, a good season statistically did, you know, did a lot of things poorly, but the reason why it's it's hard for me to be so fired up about Gase being fired is because the direction that I want the franchise to go in, I don't think they're going to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as a huge fan of Sam Darnold, you get 
if they took a quarterback. You wouldn't love it. You would say, I think this is a better route to take in a football sense. The right. problem is you get people on both sides, and it's very similar in politics. You can't have a rational discussion and agree to disagree. Now, if a team offered me two ones and two twos and we're still in the top 10, I'm keeping Sam Darnold for another year, point blank. That, are, that is what I'm doing. Now, people will say there's no avenue, no world where Sam Darnold should be the quarterback of the 2021 Jets. I bring up that trade scenario. I bring up the fact that he had Adam Gates holding him down for two years, and that's not without Darnold taking blame. He does deserve blame. But then, uh, you know, below average offensive line this year and a horrible offensive line in 2019, 2018, no key receivers or weapons around him. And then, then I get hit with, you're making excuses. Right. Those are the same people that think Adam Gase was the worst head coach ever. So, right, I, so which is it? I need, a little, I need a little back and forth. And me and Mike were, we thought if you, if you wanted to move off Darnold week three, you're a little bitch boy. If you want to move off him in week nine and 10, we got that. We were fine with taking Trevor Lawrence with the one pick. We're not even saying that you have to keep Sam Darnold. You, it's 100% you have to do it. We're just saying, hey, look, there's different options, and it's not as concrete as a lot of the main Jets Twitter handles are saying. I think we need to take a step back and say the new head coach and Joe Douglas are going to make a move. We can say what we think should be the move, but we got to be able to agree to disagree on some things because it's getting crazy. Right, but that's that's why I'm annoyed because it's it's very arrogant takes on Twitter where, oh, Zach Wilson, we have to take Zach Wilson. Why can't I say, fuck you, we don't have to take Zach Wilson. I think we should keep Sam. Done. I, I mean... I mean, not, not without the fuck you. That's the point. Like, it's just because right, right. that's yeah. Like what, what, it's a natural progression. Like you said, we point out at first we were all in on Sam. Everyone was, there's not just us that by week three, you shouldn't be off Sam yet. And then we said in week 10 to 12, if we're still playing poorly and have a chance to number one pick, we're, we want to take Trevor. We'll have that conversation. We had the conversation. No more Trevor. We are allowed to have the opinion. I don't know where everyone – the thing with Trevor that, that bothered me is that everyone decided to move on from Sam because they wanted the generational quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Then Trevor Lawrence is no longer a thing for the Jets. He's no longer attainable. So everyone is just like, now we have to move on from Sam mm-hmm. anyway. doesn't yeah. have to be the case. And when we bring up our reasons to back it up, like you said, a lot of people say that we're making excuses for Sam. And then there are people on the Sam side – that are a little blinded by Sam, you know, whether they just love rooting for him or whatnot. But again, I want to stress the reason that I want to bring Sam Darnold back is strictly for football terms. I want to build up this roster. I also want to touch on this. When the Giants didn't take Sam Darnold in 2018, I thought that was very foolish. Completely different scenario. The Giants passed on four to five similarly valued quarterbacks in the first round to take the running back. The Jets, in this case, would be passed. And, and that's with Eli Manning, an old quarterback. They have a 36, 37-year-old quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Jets have a 23-year-old guy who, you know, was called the savior of our franchise and played well last year and then had a bad year this year with a bad coach, and he played poorly. So, look, if you want to move on from Sam, I get it, to come out and say it's the end-all, be-all. You know, Justin Wilson – uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, is is like me saying we have to keep Sam, which is that exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's too absolute. I don't know. If we keep Sam, I don't know if it's going to be the right move. But that's what I want. That's what I think. 
Right, you know? and and you're a Jet fan first. You're a a player right. fan second. And I think a big thing that you'll see is I was very active on Twitter for I started the hashtag I stand with Sam. I was very active up until the Trevor Lawrence week ten and eleven, and then I, I was discussing in replies and in DMs with people of explaining why I don't think it is as concrete. And then I get berated by like just people going crazy. So I was like, you know what? You guys know my take. I think I would trade back. I think I would much rather trade back than use the second overall pick in the event that they don't capitalize on the weapons. So what I'm trying to say is if you take a tackle at two, but you have another offseason of not hitting, you know, getting a real free agent receiver for Sam, you your team next year is Herndon, Crowder, Mams, and some eh wide receiver. You don't attack it in round one uh, with your second pick or round two. I would be upset with that scenario. Now, if you take a guy like Fields or Wilson and you actually then build around him with young, fast talent, me and Mike are going to be like, all right, we reset the, the QB contract, which we've talked about in the past. doesn't really impact too much if you trade back to get more rookies on those deals. But the whole point of this discussion will be happening for four more months until Joe Douglas makes the move with the new head coach. But to get back to Adam Gase, because I need to touch on a few more points here. Adam Gase could have had a 2-14 and 14 record. He could have had a 9-23 and 23 record. And I still could have been not dancing on his metaphorical grave. Could have happened. What he did was he ran at a historic clip on 2nd and 10. We've talked about it forever. That's what he does. He was 31st in plays called and he was in the bottom half of the league in turnover. So, you know, turn the ball over a lot. Don't call a lot of plays. No, you didn't turn the ball over a lot. You just never called plays because your plays were not effective. They were last in red zone percentage. 24% of the times they scored a touchdown in the red zone, the Lions had like 65%. You know, the Packers had 80%. So good teams, bad teams. No one's at 24%. Horrible in the red zone. I bet if you added to the 30-yard line, it would be literally like 15%. Every time the Jets had the ball on the 24-yard line, it was the most ridiculous drive of all time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Third down, last in the NFL again. The Bills were in the same exact spot as the New York Jets in 2018. This year, the Bills scored double the New York Jets points. Take the Jets points, double it, add a few numbers. That's what they did. And you hired the offensive genius to do it. So forgive me for dancing on graves for celebrating a man losing his job. No, I'm going to do it because I don't think he treated the players with a lot of respect. I think some players came out and supported him because that's what you want to do as a good locker room guy. You want to stay in that team. But he never cared about any of the fans. Rex Ryan was a huge proponent of celebrating with the fans, being a, a, a champion for the fans on that team. Adam Gates didn't care about that. He cared about winning games. He did a terrible job at that. So forgive me for, for being happy. Forgive me for making the meme of Schefter and a tweet and people celebrating. I went crazy last night, and I, I'm so glad I did it because I, I knew we all knew it was going to happen. But we needed to really see, emphasize and see it happen and, and be happy that it did. Because what happened in 2019, I've, I truly believe it couldn't get worse. I, I understood if the record got worse. Never thought 2-14. and 14. You know, this team went 5-11, 6-10. But, you know, everybody got injured. Sam Darnold regressed before our eyes. Everything went wrong. And I blame 80% of it on the man who was fired last night. Yeah. Look, the thing I don't understand is how. So the the 
the Jets spoke to Adam Gase, and they're like, this guy's an offensive guru. And I get the just the sheer hilarity, hilarity of, like, that statement. But when they asked him what he was going to do for Darnold, how did they not get more into it? Because Gase has a very specific game plan watching it. So it was interesting. Last year, the Jets were 7-9, which you just talked about. And we kind of didn't know what their identity was because of there was so – just a slew of injuries, the Darnold, so bef- the Darnold mono. So before this year, we're like, I'm, a, I'm interested to see what Adam Gase's game plan is and what he wants to do. And this was cemented, and you can go back and look last year. Now it makes more sense. So he's trying to win games 23 to 17, 20 to 16, no mistakes from the quarterback, solid defense. No matter what happens, we need to be winning by three to seven points all game because we're going to run the ball every single second and 10. And, look, those things can win you some games. It's just there's no adjustment. And when, when people say they hate Gase or when people say, you know, people are saying, hey, look, Sam should have been better regardless of Gase, there's just not many opportunities. You touched on the red zone scoring. A lot of red zone drives, and I would get so mad. I don't know, week 10, 11, I'd be writing these things in my notes during the game. I'd be like, first and 10 of the 25, wide receiver screen for zero yards to Braxton Berrios. Then we'll do a, a draw to Frank Gore for no yards. Third and nine, we throw another wide receiver screen. Where's my touchdown coming from? You know, where's wh- how is it possible? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's important to be specific with – criticism it's it's important to be specific when evaluating these things because i can just anyone can say oh adam gay sucks sam donald sucks but we have to be smart and look through it and understand why we're upset and how we can get away from that going forwards and you mentioned the bills the bills not only did they you know get digs and, and all these guys the way they double their points they completely changed the offense it's different mm-hmm. they work to Stefan Diggs' advantage. They make Cole Beasley into an 80-yard, 80-catch, 1,000-yard guy. They use their running backs the way the right way. They run the ball, Josh Allen, the red zone. The Jets, no matter what happens, do the same thing, and hopefully the score at a certain point, we're up 17 to 10, or else it doesn't make any sense. If the Jets aren't winning a low-scoring game by three to seven points, the way the Jets run offense makes literally no sense, and they never made an adjustment throughout the season ever. You have the fun stat of uh, – what is it? They don't. They got outpassed. Right, right. More teams when they're down try to get the ball moving. There's different ways to win. The Chiefs pass a ton, right? The the Titans. There's there's some good stats you go on PFR. The problem I have is you know I I'll even be bold enough to go at people that are defending Darnold. So Keyshawn's defending Darnold. He said the reason that he struggled because they pass all over the field. No, they passed the 29th in the NFL. But maybe you can get rid of those struggles by, as Mike pointed out, not doing a screen for no yards and a run up the middle on second and 10. Maybe you air it out. And I think this might get some criticism, but this is where I partially blame Joe Douglas because Joe Douglas could have fired him and he could have went down there and even said, you can keep your job, but you're throwing the ball 40 times today and you're targeting Mims 10 times. You're targeting Mims 12 times. I don't understand how we let this go on where you can't evaluate your young talent like Sam Darnold and Denzel Mims, or even Ty Johnson, Josh Adams, guys that run their ass off every week. But no, we got Darnold attempting 22, 24 passes, Frank Gore having 15 carries, Denzel Mims being targeted zero times. The last quarter of the season should have been the exact opposite of that. 
Because if Darnold goes out there and throws the ball 45 times and gives you 28 completions and 300 yards and three touchdowns and one pick, that was a dumb turnover. But, you know, he can learn from that. With a different style, yes. Then we, then we can feel confident. And I, I do give blame on Joe Douglas, and I know people are going to get mad at that, but he did have the power to fire Adam Gates. I do not believe You're that right, man. He, They're letting him hire a new coach. Right. If he went to Christopher Johnson, he would be fired. Everything. Oh, no, the, the power structure. It's the head coach. No, he was the guy. And if Joe Douglas wanted to fire him, he could have. If you said, hey, you know what? You're not playing Frank Gordon. I'm tired of this fucking shit. They would have done it. So I do blame Joe Douglas here. I'm looking at these box scores, and it's so ridiculous. I'm looking at week 12. We lost 20 to 3 to the Dolphins. Fitzpatrick did the ball 39 times. Sam threw 27. 18 carries for Gore. Week before, we lost to the Chargers. This is even without Sam. Justin Herbert threw the ball 49 times, 366 yards, three touchdowns. We threw the ball 30 times, 15 out of 30. Frank Gore, 15 carries. I mean, and then I said, I said after the Dolphins game, we got we got blown out again by the Dolphins. I said, fire this scumbag, bring in any coach, just just let Sam throw the ball 40 times the last five weeks so we can evaluate this guy. Because it's 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 an incomplete evaluation. And again, this is me. As a Jets fan, wanting the best thing for the Jets in the future is not to recycle the third overall pick quarterback from 2018 and get another guy with the second pick this year. Obviously, it would be ideal to keep that guy and draft a cornerstone player or trade down for a massive haul, like you said. Mm-hmm. I get it. Look, Sam, nine touchdowns, 11 picks, 58% completion, 2,200 yards. It's just not good enough. But you have to understand what he's working with. You have to understand the guy's a psychopath. Uh, and you know, to and then the people that are saying, "Hey, this guy sucked for three years." Those are the people that were, you know, saying Sam is our savior. Unbelievable! After that two, is what I can't believe that is my problem with it. They go, yeah. "Sam has been terrible for three years." I'm like, "All right, well, we all agree, right? Ninety-five percent of us came into the year hyped. We thought he was the guy. They would, yep, completely agree." Well, how did you get to that that determination after the first two years if you didn't think so? Because right, because I I will. Stand side by side with you and say Darnold did not play well enough. Is if there was a guy that we valued higher as a quarterback in this draft, even if you could get picked trading back, you have to take him with how good the AFC quarterbacks are. The problem is Darnold was a better recruit and a better prospect than Fields and Wilson. Definitely right. Wilson. Fields has been an argument, but Todd McShay, who he people keep referring to as moving Wilson up to QB two. Four weeks ago, maybe five weeks ago, had Darnold, if he came out in this draft, as a number two quarterback anyway. He's the same age. So here's my thing. Cromartie, he said he would bring back Darnold. Dan Orvlosky, bring back Darnold. McShay, I would bring back Darnold. So a lot of guys are saying it, but even though we're the minority of the Jets fans on Twitter that bring up this idea, you're out of your mind. You're a crazy person. You love Sam Darnold. You're making excuses for him. I'm saying, all right, well, if you're going to preach patience on your Twitter in August for Sam Darnold, Live by it now. Yes. And you can still live by that and want to draft a quarterback. You can absolutely want to draft a quarterback. I, I understand. But acknowledge it. At least acknowledge it. Don't call us crazy. Unbelievable. But Making it seem like we're psychopaths because maybe we, we draft are. a guy throw overall. And then last year, you know, guy goes out on a 3,800-yard th- pace and a 25-touchdown pace. You know, okay. it's... The, it's not like Sam, like that. The people are just pretending last year didn't exist, like 2019, where you know statistically, out of all you know all the quarterbacks in the league, he wasn't great. But in the circumstances he's in, he goes seven and six. You throw 
19 touchdowns and you throw for 232 yards a game, which you always like to point out is the highest in Jets history. Oh, now we have to move on, you know, and this, but this season is terrible. And I think the good thing is even God, like if it happens where they take fields or Zach Wilson, the Jets are going to be in a spot where they don't have Adam Gase. They have a shit ton of money, a lot of draft picks, a GM who's making it happen, and a new young quarterback who can then do the things that Darnold was not able to accomplish because of the talent and coaching around him. Yeah, I would get it right. I, it got, just, yeah. The thing that's killing me, and I, can't, I just can't stop thinking about it, is that if Sam goes somewhere else and is successful, we are just throwing in the trash – this, the second guy of the draft. The second guy, it's really the first guy. The best, whatever position guy we want is ours. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Mm-hmm. Any guy. We can get any fucking guy of this whole draft. Think about it. Go to any draft the last 10 years and say, you pick whoever you want you have. Oh, my God, we're going to get a sick guy. And we don't get it because people are impatient. Or maybe they're right. Maybe they're right and Sam is, is, is a mess and he's, and he's fucked up and he's screwed up. But it looked, you know, yesterday he looked pretty good. He's, and I tweeted this after the first half. I said, look, because after the first half, Sam was 13 to 17 for 147, a touchdown, no picks. I said, look, if people want to get excited about Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, I'm going to get excited about that half of football I saw from Sam. Throwing the ball crisply into tight windows. People are saying, what are you watching? Sam sucks because everyone's mad on Twitter. I said, look, Sam made that throw on the right hash to Perryman between two levels of the zone gorgeous throw he threw the beautiful touchdown to Herndon he threw the 50 yard uh post and and run for Perryman the guy was making legit throws he made that one throw on the sideline to Perryman as well on the right side uh on that second and 20 I thought he looked pretty good to say that that guy is unsalvageable and to not maximize the value of the second pick frustrates me but I, I understand I get it look it's hard to defend Sam's numbers this year I'm looking right at them Right, and if you move off, say you keep Darnold, right, and Darnold doesn't pan out a year or two from now. Yes. When you look back at this draft, I am perfectly okay passing on Zach Wilson, who has flown up the draft board, was not the a top guy even four or five weeks ago. Matt Miller, the NFL draft scout, who said you know Darius guys had high moral and character value. <laughs> he had Zach Wilson not in his top ten. He's the draft guy, not in his top 10. Oh, he's like, I didn't watch a lot of film on him. He's now my second best quarterback. Okay, I get the hype. A lot of guys have really strong final years and they get drafted high and they're good. Joe Burrow started this year pretty good. Joe Burrow would not have been a first round pick if the season was canceled last year. My take is you won't look back and say, Wilson was a can't miss guy. How do we fuck that up? Right. People are saying Joe Douglas is going to get fired if he doesn't take the. If you don't take Trevor Lawrence and Darnold sucks, then you get fired. Also, I think another weird, sneaky thing, and to go back to that point, Justin Fields, I think you could make the argument that we fucked up on not taking Justin Fields. I would get that, but I think it's different than Zach Wilson for what I stated. Another sneaky thing that I don't know if I'm in the minority on this, and I think maybe you won't agree with it. I think keeping Darnold makes Joe Douglas's contract and time with the Jets longer. So a lot of people say, you know, you can keep your job longer. You take your guy, you take your quarterback. Joe Douglas did not draft Arnold. He, if he thinks he's a franchise quarterback and is better than these quarterbacks in the draft and he keeps him and he doesn't play well, I don't think that's an indictment on him being a terrible evaluator of talent. I think, all right, now, Joe, go get your guy. Go get your quarterback. I think his 
time with the Jets will then be longer. And I think everyone's forgetting that. People are like, oh, if, he, if Joe Douglas gets his quarterback, he has a longer tenure with the Jets. I don't know if that's the case. Well, also, I mean, if that's the case, that scenario, then taking Sewell makes more sense anyway for Joe mm-hmm. Douglas because then no matter who's the quarterback at 2022, you plug him into a ridiculous situation. Two stud tackles. And then the other thing with the Sewell, people are freaking out about, you know, Sam's contract and whatnot. If you, if you draft Sewell, you don't have to pay George Fant anymore, $13 million or whoever the right tackle is, you know, that's the money that is offset anyway. And Sewell's going to be on a rookie deal. You give Sam his 25 million for his option. Um, so it's really not that crazy, but you know, what bothered me. People were talking about um, having to pay Becton and Sewell. I'm like, dude, you've been crying about not having the type of offensive line that can build a wall for you. And now you're already thinking into 2025, 2026 about paying them. We can't pay. Also, I looked, right. So I did some digging. I looked into the Cowboys situation, what they did with their offensive line, very famously great offensive line in the mid 2010s. But so they took Tyron Smith with the ninth pick in 2011, you know, similar. We took, we took Beckton with the 13th or what do we have? The 11th? The hell am I thinking of? We had the 11th pick. We had the 11th, 13th, what a fucking Sheldon Richardson. Jesus. <laughs> I'm looking at 23. And then, so then the Cowboys took Travis Frederick with the first round pick in 2013. They took Zach Martin with their first round pick in 2014. And then they took Lyle Collins later. And they made it work. The Cowboys are in a fine, we're in a fine situation before this, but those, you know, that's with this now financial issues with Dak needing 30 and like, and in year. that, in that they still paid right to your franchise tag Dak. They paid Amari Cooper. They paid, uh, they got a million Nelson free Smith. agents. They paid Dex, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. They paid, what yeah, the they fuck? paid they <laughs> Van Der Esch. They have a million guys. Of course they've drafted Van Der Esch. So to, to go back to the Darnold, we're going to talk about Darnold for months now. We're going to talk about it for a long time. Yeah. You know where we stand. We don't think we'll really change off that, but again, we get both sides. I think I think training back for a hole is position A, but we'll get into more of that. And if you are listening and you don't agree with that, be fine to DM us, have a conversation. We'd love to even have you on discuss discuss it. But we're just trying to get to a point where we can agree to, to a disagree rather than everyone, you know, act like everything's on fire. Mike, I'm gonna rattle off the next list that people have put out for the the Jet head coach. And in order of Vegas odds of, of okay. the Jets landing them. Let's see. The so, so Brian Dabble. Oh, I have to guess something? Well, what do you think? Give me your like gut feeling about that. He is the number one choice, obviously, build off his career oh, to take the I job. like Dabble. The only thing that concerns me about him is some of the Bills fans didn't like him until this year. Mm. Obviously, he's been great this year. And Josh Allen. I, look, I mean, what he's done with Josh Allen – to go from, and you even looked at his like high school numbers, you know, two years ago, he has 10 touchdowns, 12 picks, 2000 yards, similar to what Sam had this year. And this year, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, 4,500 yards. Sure. I'll take him. I don't, I, I, I would have to do more research about him as a guy though. Like, I don't know how his, he looks like Joe Douglas a little bit. So maybe that, that connection continues to grow. I'll, I will go rapid fire here. If you want to go, like we'll get a quick, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll get quicker calls. answers. But that was uh, a big one. Eric B like enemy. I like, uh, our friend Tommy says it all the time. How it's very, he's in a very easy spot. He has Patrick Mahomes. He has Andy Reid. Um, 
Yeah, I sure he's a safe guy. I would be happy with him. He's a dude. He's he's a dude. The players absolutely love playing for him. You have guys like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. All three of them are also completely different off the field and on the field, and they all talk about how much they love Eric Bieniemy. I'd be surprised because the Jets turned him down once already. Just interesting that when they had him in in house last year, I wasn't sold on it because of you know Mahomes at that time was incredible and great, but it it wasn't as long lived as two years down the road. Okay, now their offense is clicking. Andy Reid does call the plays, so be enemy up there. Uh, the Colts defense. The one thing is, it's like if a girl rejects you in school, and then she, then she wants you. You kind of like that, you know? It's like similar, like like the Jets rejected the enemy, then they now they want him. No, I disagree because the Jets are like the ugly girl in school that asks you out, <laughs> and you're like no. Or, you know, you go to hang out with the other girl and they, like, yeah. deny you. And then, uh, like, a smoking hot girl like the Chargers is like, hey, you want to chill? And then you bring the Chargers around the Jets and say, hey, look what the fuck I did. So, I don't know if it's an interesting... I like <laughs> I like where you're going with it, though. I like where you're going with it. Yeah, we made him want it. The Who's Colts next? defensive coordinator, the last name continues to just berate me. I have no idea how to say it. Eberflus? Oh, Matt Eberflus. Yeah, look, okay. I, 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 again, I don't know too much about him individually, but the Colts' defense is really fun to watch. They they don't let up a lot of points. They have a, they have a good, a very good defense. I heard this guy's very good with linebackers. Maybe that will help C.J. Mosley out if he wants to stick around, this piece of shit. Like, <laughs> Darius Leonard's insane. They don't have the craziest defense, if you look on paper. They only had one pro bowler, which was Darius Leonard, who's, who's awesome. Uh, they got DeForest Buckner, who was really good, but every guy on their team just produced as hoped. Like they got Xavier Rhodes; he had a really good year. They Justin Houston had a good year. Denico Autry, Buckner. I mean, uh, sure, but maybe he's better as a coordinator. Yep, I hear you. Uh, Joe Brady. Oh, young and sexy, dude. Joe Brady is a guy that, for me personally, it is probably the biggest hit or miss option that you can have here. Is he going to be that CEO leader of men that we keep hearing about? Um, I don't know. He's young. What he did at LSU for that one year is not only incredible, but LSU is now trying to get the offensive assistants on his staff in Carolina to come back and be the coordinator. That's how much he's valued in that program. And Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater and that, that offense really had a sneaky good year for where people thought they were going to be. They were okay. Yeah, look, the Panthers were competitive. They're in almost every game. Bridgewater was okay. I mean, he threw for 3,700 yards in 15 games. They didn't really have a tight end, and McCaffrey was hurt all year, so they did a good job. But, again, if you're going to hire the 35-year-old offensive coordinator of a team who was 24th in points that just finished 5-11, and you might turn some heads, but, you know, obviously got to look deeper than that. And I would, I wouldn't be – super upset he used Robbie Anderson yeah there is an interesting stat with their receivers this year um how many of caught like every I mean all right I'll tell you Robbie Anderson had 95 catches DJ Moore had 66 Curtis Samuel had 77 the running back Mike Davis had 59 and no one else had 20 so it was just those guys which is cool you know yeah and they also threw the ball the second most in the NFL uh, behind the Atlanta Falcons, I want to see how many plays they ran because that's a huge. That's one of my favorite Is stats. That true, they threw the ball the second most times. Yeah, six hundred and thirty-three. Oh, they must have got sacked a bunch. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus then, they ran the they ran the ball with the receiver of Curtis Samuel with forty one carries. They do interesting things. They use Jets legend Trenton Cannon. He had ten carries. Yeah, I'd be excited about Brady. Uh, definitely. Uh, two college guys now: Lincoln Riley and Matt Campbell. Like I know you don't follow college football as much as you do the NFL, but when it comes to to Riley and Campbell, does anything stand out to you? I mean, the Matt Campbell has cool interviews. He made Iowa State into a real team. They won their bowl game. He just keeps winning games. I mean, it's he's very interesting. He seems like a little bit of a dorky guy, but he's I, I, the players play for him, and you know he says the right things. Sure, I mean, if, on on fire college coach coming through the ranks i think you could do worse and the same thing lincoln riley is a very hot name uh you know obviously he is in a better place than matt campbell like and he's more well known and all those oklahoma quarterbacks have just been insane so i mean if if you take lincoln riley you know getting these insane recruits and then them playing well and going on to be nfl quarterbacks as developing a quarterback then sure yeah, that's one of the knocks on Harbaugh is that right. he doesn't develop the quarterback. Right. I think both are very intriguing. To your point, Matt Campbell, he he seems like the leader type of rah rah guy. Iowa State not always known as a powerhouse, but uh, they've been great the past decade. Another one with Lincoln Riley. Interesting enough, when Justin Fields was transferring from I believe Georgia and picking where he was going to play next, Oklahoma was the top three, and he decided to go to Ohio State. Didn't go to Oklahoma. So interesting enough. Similar how Kingsbury was recruiting Kyler Murray. I wonder if in the event they – I don't think it should be this high. I think he's at plus 700 odds. But if Lincoln Riley is the coach, I think Fields at two is very likely. Um, but here, here we go down the list to Brian Schottenheimer. I don't want to bring him back. No, <laughs> I don't no. don't want to fucking do it. People forget the uh, – Jets fans didn't like Brian Schottenheimer. Now it's like – Things just disappear into history. You forget. But I think a I lot mean, of people don't want him back, though, which is good. I mean, yeah, look, Shoddy had his shot to really develop Darnold, and it didn't, uh, Darnold Sanchez, and it didn't work out. Um, but look, Schottenheimer had some good years with the Jets. The Jets just never threw the ball very well with him uh, until, you know, I guess 2008, they kind of opened it up a little with Favre, and then Favre got hurt. Uh, but the Jets were always. Looking to run the ball, the Seahawks do the same thing. They run the ball a ton. Schottenheimer's got criticized in Seattle, but the Seahawks' offense has been really good. And to Schottenheimer's credit, Russell Wilson has really blossomed as a passer. So, mm-hmm. you know, you for, again, people forget earlier in his career, Russell Wilson wasn't, you know, his first three years, he never threw for more than 217 yards per game. So he never got over 3,500 yards. This year he has 40 touchdowns and 4,200 yards. I mean, that's significant. Yeah, definitely. No, I hear you. I hear you. I don't, I don't want Schottenheimer. I don't. All right, Jimmy Harbaugh. <laughs> I love Jim Harbaugh. I don't care that it's an unpopular opinion. People on Twitter can, you know, be as berating as they want. I don't care. I think Jim Harbaugh's NFL track record speaks for itself. I think he's been fine at Michigan. You say it all the time. Michigan's not been a 12-win college team. That's just not who they are. Nope. Harbaugh has gotten them around double-digit wins consistently. He had a bad year this year. Great. Bylaw opportunity. I would love Harbaugh. I loved him before the year. Being on Twitter for a couple of months and seeing some people say, oh, Harbaugh sucks, even though he went 44-19 as an NFL coach, does not dissuade me. I would love Jim Harbaugh, leader of men. Give me a good offensive coordinator. It looks like Joe Douglas has a really 
good stranglehold on the organization now. So we don't have to worry about this power struggle bullshit. I would love Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and in November, I went against the grain and tweeted out a picture of Jim Harbaugh and said, if he is open, you must bring him in for an interview. And if he wows you, you take him. And I got a lot of backlash to it, and I also got 700 likes on it. So I don't know if there is a, a portion of the fan base that agrees with our take on Harbaugh and our assessment, and then now has, over the past two months, walked it back after some blue check marks told them not to. But Jim Harbaugh is everything you want in a coach. He goes to Michigan and immediately makes them a winning team again. Does he win the rivalry games? No. Does he develop the quarterback? No. But guess what? Jim Harbaugh is also the type of guy that went to the 49ers and took them from nothing, made them great, and they stunk when he left. He is the guy that is the leader of men, as you mentioned. I think it would be a really strong hire. But again, if Harbaugh comes in for an interview against a guy like Joe Brady or Matt Campbell and he gets beaten out, I would understand it from Joe Douglas. I wouldn't yes. freak out. but That's okay. But the I, other thing that frustrates me mm-hmm. about, about Harbaugh is people say is an inability to win big games. That is unfair because, what, winning the NFC Championship game in 2012 is not a big game just because he lost the next week? You have, to, you have to literally win a Super Bowl or else it's not a big game. Again, and he should have been to one, if not two more Super Bowls. In 2011, he got fucked yep. by stupid piece of shit Kyle Williams fumbled twice against the Giants, that stupid team, the, the Giants knocked us out that year. Um, in the, that's in the conference championship game. He lost in overtime. And then the year after losing in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, within the final seconds that game came down to, he lost again in the last second to the Seahawks and that piece of shit, arrogant scumbag Richard Sherman when he knocked the ball away. Uh, I, have a, I have a take. Yeah. I cannot believe people on Twitter are talking about Marvin Lewis as a fallback option. No. But Jim Harbaugh is like, you can't say his name. Like, Wait, what is going fact, on? We have to take a deep breath and say, okay, you don't have to love Harbaugh like we do. Yeah. But how in the same sentence can you bring up Marvin Lewis as a backup option and not even mention Jim Harbaugh? Dude, people, people are being weird. The Jets Twitter is getting way too, like you said, politically charged. It's I think that much. happens during the season, and I think the offseason we start to mesh together. I think the combination of a in the most important decision of this the ne- of the past two decades at quarterback is happening right now, and I think there are fair points on both sides, and that's why there's such division, and, and everyone has to act like a maniac. Uh, uh, personally, for me, I think it gets better over time. I I tend to not reply to people or or go out of my way to reply to someone else because unless I'm mentioned by name, and if you mention me by name, I will find your old tweets and dominate you. But I think for me personally, it's going to get better with time. I do believe that. Yeah, I hope so. It's a little obnoxious because wanting Jim Harbaugh as a coach is a very normal take that I should be able to easily put out, and people are going to be like, what are you, insane? Like, no. I want a guy who... 144 19 is that's what we're doing with this podcast we're building a core of fans that are now because i I got a lot of great dms when we took our two-week break about hey man you gotta drop the pod we need it we need it now i think we are building a core of fans that get it and the problem is you have a group of middle schoolers who would if you're middle school and you're listening that's fine but they tweet (laughs) at players after games when they lose they all they do is complain all they do is talk about the next new shiny toy and if that gets you clicks 
and that's the route you want to go if you have like 20,000 followers on Twitter and and you it's a cool new thing to talk about how Sam Darnold sucks and all this stuff. That's your route. I don't know if that's the best route. I think there are a lot of really bright individuals that are high up on Jets Twitter, but I just I think to your point, very political. I think we'll get to a better spot. I know I really let it hit me a few like a month back. Just anytime I tweet anything pro Sam, I get murdered. And I was like, you know what? I don't. I go on Jets Twitter to make funny memes and content, have a grand old time with the boys, and I, I just couldn't let it bother me because I was like, all right, you know what? Screw it. I know my take. I know it's you know personally, I think it's the right take, but I, I don't hate you for having the wrong take. Just my take. <laughs> I don't that's know. What it, that's what it should be. Here, here, we got a, like ten more names. I can run them I'll off go, quick. Yeah, I'll go quick. It's been a long pod, but no, I want you to, if you have the time to do it, break yeah. down a little bit because I know you have very strong takes when it comes to head coaching. I value your opinion on football more than anybody else, Mike. So we're starting with nice again, Robert Salah. We're staying with the Forty ers I think Robert Salah is a good, very good candidate. I think he's one of the more well liked universal candidates there are. Like most people I've talked to, like. Robert Sala, I think he's from Michigan, and I've heard him tied to the Lions a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised if he doesn't go there. I know he's interviewing with the Falcons as well. Sure, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think he's a dude. He's he's the the leader of men, the energetic guy. Don't have to be an offensive guru. You can be a good coach and, and then pick your coaching yeah. staff. I think that's a very underrated point about how cool the next few months are going to be for the Jets. We get a full new staff. Yeah, our staff really was, was just garbage this year. It was so thin. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a, you know, most as you look through, you're like, oh, this guy was here. This guy's an ex-coach. We were talking, of course, because we wanted to fire Gase for an interim. There was just nobody. Bizarre. No one there. Um, <laughs> Bill O'Brien. No, piece of shit. And look, we, again, to the takes that Bill O'Brien's the worst coach of all time, clearly not. not the guy true. made the place four times. He made the place four times. Won the division all right. the time. <laughs> so he's not the worst coach of all time. He's certainly a horrifying executive. He didn't make many good trades. But what does he have, five winning seasons? And he oh, made no. the place four times, and he won two playoff games. So no, he's not the worst coach of all time. Do I want him? No. Arthur Smith. Yes. Like Arthur Smith, Michael Nania got me onto this early. Oh, I love the way that he runs the offense for the Titans. You could say it's uh, – I think Joe Blue hates him, but you could say it's easy. You know, you have Derrick Henry to, you know, run that balanced offense. But what the Titans did this year, they ran the ball 521 times. They threw it 485. They rushed for 26 touchdowns. They threw for 33. Tannehill threw seven picks. Very calm offense, but explosive this is what Adam Gase, I think, was trying to do, and it just didn't work even close. Mm-hmm. The Titans averaged 30.7 points per game. They were fourth in the league. This was a team last year that was, you know, remember the Titans went into the playoffs. People were like, oh, a little bit of a dark horse team, good defense, they could run the ball. They completely flipped that. They played poorest defense this year, won a bunch of shootouts with just the most balanced offense. A lot of handoffs, a lot of play action. They developed those receivers. A.J. Brown looks, like, incredible. Corey Davis, the fifth pick of the draft, who's a free agent, fifth pick of the draft in 2016, I believe, uh, 70 yards a game, so that's, like, an 1,100-yard pace. I really, 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 really like Arthur Smith. I would be very happy. I, I love the thought of giving your running back the ball 25 times, but it has to make sense. 
not like this year where you're losing every fucking game and we run the ball to the on second 10. It has to make sense, and I think it would. I would love Arthur Smith. If I could ask one player um, in the NFL an opinion about two coaches, I would talk to Ryan Tannehill off the record about Arthur Smith as his play caller versus Adam Gase as his play caller yeah. and see the difference of mindset there. Maybe he says, well, we have Derrick Henry, so it makes it so much easier on us. I doubt that happens, but Arthur Smith could pick. Rapid fire. I'm just going to throw a bunch of names in a row and then pick a name you like. <laughs> Chuck Pagano, Pat Fitzgerald, Raheem Morris, Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer, Doug Peterson. Whoa. Uh, Urban Meyer would be fun. I would take Dabo Sweeney. Why not? Right? Wins leader of championships. Men. Leader of men. He had some weird comments before the they got destroyed by Ohio State, but that's fine. Pat Fitzgerald, uh, a name that not the sexiest name out there, but another one goes to a team like Northwestern, builds them into a legit Big Ten contender. And pretty cool. Right? If Ohio State isn't in that conference, does Northwestern out of nowhere be a team that you'll see in the college football playoff? So Pat Fitzgerald, I'm a huge fan of, but it's not the, the type of pick where I'm going to freak out and be really excited over. We need to be sure about this coach. No more bullshit, no problems. It has to be the right guy. It and has the- to be. The final name on the list. Also, we'll Doug Peterson, before oh, you, you go. go through that. Doug Peterson, another guy who's like, people just don't want him. Um, fine. I don't, I'm don't. i not like dying for Doug Peterson. I don't know how the Jets would even get him. I think we'd have to trade for him. Um, but the guy won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. So it yeah. just is what it is. Like, <laughs> it's not the worst thing. Yeah, it's the, it, it's the Bill O'Brien effect, but Doug Peterson's better than Bill, Bill O'Brien. But yeah. we get it. The final name... Rex Ryan at plus 3,300 <laughs> odds. What do we think? Well, we were talking about this off air as a guy, like in, in the mindset that no matter what is going to happen, is going to happen anyway, no matter what I want to happen. If I ended up rooting for the Jets with Rex, I would have fun with it, but it's not ideal from a football perspective. I'll add fuel to the fire here. I watched a documentary one time. I don't know what it was, and Rex Ryan was in it, and he was talking about when he left and Woody had to fire him and let him go that Woody said, if it was up to him and there was no outside noise, no fans, no media, no expectations, Rex Ryan would be his head coach for life. Rex Ryan, people forget Woody Johnson coming back. (laughs) Look, Rex, not a math guy. Rex on the jets, his entire record, including the playoffs is was 50 and 52. And then he went 15 and 16 in Buffalo. Like, I wish we were 500. I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, people look back at Rex, like, it's the hilarious things happen. I, that's why I don't understand. Some of the takes on Twitter are just so off. Like, you brought up the Marvin Lewis thing. If, you know, you, can, you can't clown someone wanting Jim Harbaugh as their coach and then offer Marvin Lewis. Like, you just can't do it. Yeah. Same thing with Rex. You forget Rex went, had, two winning seasons and two eight and eight years with the Jets. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good days ahead. I'm very, very excited. We'll have content to keep making these podcasts. Uh, Joe Liberta, I always say his last name wrong. He had a good take. He wants to do a podcast where we build a coaching staff with ex-Jet players. So take a Jet who's been on the team, make him into the staff. Would love it. Uh, But we'll do that coming up in a, a future episode. I'm sure we'll have Joe's more content. Joe's a big Sam guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll have more content to put out weekly episodes, but uh, I think it's been, what, an, almost an hour episode. I'm glad that we were able to talk about 
Adam Gaze being fired, why that you're able, why you're able to believe Sam Darnold could be the guy in 2021 and how to have a normal debate about it. <laughs> Go through all the coaches. We talk a little bit about Joe Douglas. I'm looking forward to Woody coming back, to be honest, because as much as Christopher Johnson, I think ownership in the NFL doesn't matter as much in any other sport. I don't think Christopher Johnson is a bad dude. I think he cares about the players calling all of them over the summer when there was, you know, all the, this tough stuff happening in the world after every game he's in the tunnel with the team uh, shaking their hands. I think Chris Johnson does a lot of the right things, but I am happy he gets to take a backseat, do that role of being the nice guy. And Woody just comes in with a flamethrower and goes crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Look, bring back our owner, some normalcy. Um, just got to hire the right guy. I'm sure we'll be very deep into it. We'll be discussing it all off season. Can't wait. All right, Mike, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week.